Hi folks, this is Rachel from Impassioned Art, and I just wanted to tell you a little something about Anchor, the platform that I use to record and produce my podcast, Impassioned Art. If you are like me and have been very nervous to start a podcast, Anchor makes it very straightforward and allows you to share your podcast quickly and record with ease. So I encourage you to get started and no longer put it off because there are easy, helpful ways like using Anchor to make your podcast come to life. Hi folks, and welcome back to the Impassioned Art Podcast. My name is Rachel and I'm your host. And today I'm going to be talking about spiritual experiences. You could call them divine encounters, spiritual intervention, whatever. But I'm going to share a couple stories with you from my life and um, I'm excited to share. So let's get going. Okay, so where to begin? Because really my whole life is marked with spiritual experiences. As I've shared before, um, there was a lot of prayer that went into my existence My parents had a lot of friends that were continually praying for me when I was in the womb and have continued to since. And so I do believe that a lot of things have happened in my life due to that, to that interference, to that influence. And so I have just experienced a lot of things divinely working out or um, coming coming to fruition. In addition, though, you know, there are these elements that I definitely see as spiritual, but we can't forget that privilege and race and um, other elements like that do influence the outcome of things in our lives. So I don't mean to say that everything in my life has happened for spiritual reasons when really, you know, I grew up in a middle class home. And there are a lot of privileges that I have as a white individual. And so I don't want this to be a conversation that's just like, look at all of the spiritual intervention, because there are a lot of layers that come into why things happen in our lives. But I will add that there are just enough happenings that have gone on in my life that have had a spiritual element to them. And so I'm going to get into that. All right, I'm going to start with my story of how I got into swing dancing because I have said in previous episodes that I would eventually share that story and it feels like a good place to start. So first of all, for my entire life, I um, really loved dancing. I was the kid that would skip from room to room and dance around and throughout my life I tried different dance classes Um, I had a thing since being a toddler, uh, this hop that I would do that my family dubbed the Rachel hop. So a very um, energetic, movement-oriented child. And that has just continued to translate into adulthood through various types of dancing, including swing dancing. But swing in particular... I don't remember when I first encountered it, but I do remember growing up with certain musicals where there was swing dancing-esque, not particularly swing dancing, but similar styles in these musicals. And I was like, wow, I want to dance like that. Not to mention, I've always been someone who loves vintage and antique things and um, has gotten just like overwhelmed with joy when I walk into antique shops. I get so excited about everything in there. Um, And so I knew that that was a style of dance I really wanted to be able to do and participate in. I wanted to connect with a partner. I've always been a physical touch person and I wanted that um, magic of dancing with another person and dancing that style. And I believe that I pinpointed, pinpointed it as swing dancing in high school because at one point, so I was homeschooled. And at the homeschool prom, um, some individuals came in to teach various types of dancing to us. And I think that they showed us some swing dancing moves that day, but I, I don't remember for sure. But anyways, I knew that I'm like, wow, swing dancing, 
that's really something that I very particularly am drawn to. And while I have you listening, I do want to emphasize that like, yes, I am a um, white woman. And so my joy and experience with swing dancing absolutely needs to be credited to those who started it. And that is um, the black community. So people of color have that um, uh, that credit. And it is first and foremost a black dance. And so I want to put credit where credit is due. I am so thankful for the opportunity to participate in this dance, but I am aware that it is not, it did not originate with white individuals. So I want to make that very clear. So, um, but I knew I wanted to be a part of this dance. So I took various classes after knowing that I wanted to do swing, or maybe I took it before. It's been a scattering throughout my life. But with doing like lyrical and ballet and a little bit of ballroom, they were fun and I really enjoyed this. Um, But it wasn't the same as that like electric partner connection that can come through swing dancing. This just explosive, joyful expression was something I was really longing for. And I didn't want to just learn how to dance in order to perform, even though I've always loved performing. I wanted to learn how to dance so that I could dance, so that I could have these partner moments, so that I could social dance. That's really what I was longing for with social dancing with partners. So fast forward to college, this longing has remained in me, but it comes and goes from my mind. You know, it's not always like a very present thought. And I am in my last semester at the community college and I am sitting in this lecture hall and this guy in front of me turns around and suddenly asks, were you at swing dancing on Wednesday? And I was like, no, but where do you swing dance? It was this wild moment. And I realized that like this guy had worked at um, I think it might, no, maybe it was Zoomies. It was, it was some store and he had helped me with, uh, some stuff. Cause I was a customer. So I was like, Oh no, you recognize me from this, but thank God that you thought I looked like someone from swing dancing because I've wanted to swing dance for so long. Then that he proceeds to tell me that this Wednesday is college night and college students get in for free and I should come. And so I don't really know this guy at all, but I show up, I throw myself into dancing. I get the free beginners lesson and start asking people to dance and just want to experience it. And that was just the most wild divine moment of knowing since childhood that I have this fierce desire to be a part of this sort of dance, to be sitting in my last semester of college and someone turns around and makes this connection and puts me in a scenario to be able to swing dance, to be able to explore that. So I went through, I went a couple times during that year and then I drifted off from that and eventually came back to swing dancing when a friend of mine was like, hey, I'm seeing someone in the swing dancing world and I want to take classes. Would you like to take classes with me? And I'm like, absolutely. I've been waiting for this excuse and just haven't done it. And then that brought me back into the world and through those swing one through three classes made these lasting friendships that I still have today over four years later. And um, I ended up meeting the partner that I'm with through swing dancing. And I live in the home that I live in because of swing dancing. And it has just fueled this huge, this huge wave of um, provision in my life that I literally do not know where I would be and who I would be without the swing dancing community. And so I see all of those pieces lining up as divine, as this desire was planted in me as a child and growing up, it continued to get larger and larger and larger. And then the divine interceded and said, yeah, we're going to place you in this community and I'm going to line you up for what you need. And that was just 
I absolutely believe that that was a spiritual encounter. And as I've said before, you know, there are elements of obviously where I was in life, what college I went to, things like that, that really did, um, you know, they were my decisions and um, where I, you know, privilege and um, the decisions of people around me. Like there are a lot of things that come into things like that happening in our lives, but I 100% believe that the spiritual had a lot of, a lot to do with all of that. Um, Another really divine thing that has to do with the swing dancing story. In fact, a few of my stories are really going to um, come back to this swing dancing divine intervention. Um, So I want to talk about college for a little bit. Where I ended up, how I ended up at this community college, I believe was also a lot of divine interaction um, or divine intervention. So I was doing a lot of um, wrestling with what I wanted to study, where I wanted to go. First of all, so my dad is a financial genius. He has a business called Disciplined Financial Management, and he raised me and my sisters on budgeting. And so one of the things that he said to us is you have to spend your first two years of college at community college if you want our financial help, because that will allow you to graduate debt-free. And that is what happened. I started off at community college and graduated debt-free, and I'm so thankful for that. And it turns out that my time at community college was my favorite time in college. Um, If Monroe Community College had been a four-year program, I 100% would have gone... um, all four years. My professors in my program were amazing in the communications department. I had just so many incredible encounters. Like that was just a beautiful time. So anyways, that um, was something that my family had structured. So that's why I was at Monroe Community College. But, and was very grateful for that. But throughout that time at Community College, I was wondering where I was going to go for the next two years after that. And I was determined based on what had happened growing up. I was like, no, I'm meant to be a pastor. I'm meant to go to a Bible college. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I've got to do. And I can't fully explain the feeling, but it was like, yes, it was me. It was one, it was absolutely me because I know myself and Bible college wasn't what I ultimately wanted, but there was this other authority inside me saying like, nope, just that's not where you're going to go. I mean, I looked up so many Christian colleges and it was this overwhelming sense of no, that's not where you're going to go. That's just not what you're going to do. And I've got other plans for you and there's a different plan for your life and you are not going to be doing biblical studies And I felt really conflicted because I'm like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. I was told that I have gifts in preaching and teaching. I'm supposed to be this female pastor. Like that is the route for me. And I just felt this divine intervention saying like, no, it's not. I have an out of the box plan for you that is not the stereotypical Christian. And you're still going to be using your gifts but it's going to look different than what you think you should be doing. That is a spiritual voice that I felt all throughout growing up. I mean, it it enabled me to do my surrealism because my surrealism is pretty eerie and dark often. And I felt guilty about that for a while because I'm like, this isn't Christian enough. And God was like, nah, like I am part of all of these experiences. Like don't listen to these other voices, like create what I've put in you to create. Like so this this voice kept stirring me towards things that like I thought I was supposed to go down this one path. And this voice was like, no, you're not. And they were things that I couldn't ignore. Like if I had, even if I, like if I tried, I could not have ignored. I could not have changed the path that was meant for me. So I ended up um, going to a college that the first moment I set foot on this college, 
uh, I was like, this is the place I've imagined. The scenery was like exactly what I had imagined a campus to look like that I wanted to go to. I ended up meeting a really good friend through going through that program. The program at that school was to a T what I wanted um, and I hadn't found that anywhere else. So like that was very much another divine thing. Like, yeah, this is what your heart has wanted. And aesthetics have always been really important to me. Like what a campus feels like, what a home feels like. These are important to me as a highly sensitive individual. So those were all really divine things. In addition, growing up, I was always an artist and people around me were actually very supportive. They're like, you should study art in college. And I always argued with that because I'm like, well, if I have to do it, it's going to take my love for it away and yada, yada, yada. And I was in community college in a class with a group project. And one of the other individuals in the group project volunteered to do the visual aspect of it because I was a communications major for a little bit at community college. And then I ended up becoming a minor in that when I went on to my to the four-year college and ended up being a major in visual studies. But I remember in this moment in this class when this other individual volunteered to do the visuals, I felt this just like huge tug on my being of, you know, communications isn't enough. Like, yes, you love writing and speaking. And I do not regret doing communications at all. But there was such a clear part of me missing that I was denying. I was denying the fact that I was purposed to be a creative, a visual creative agent And that's what I had to do. And I'm telling you, like days after I decided to make that switch to being a communications minor and studying visual communications as my main outlet, somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, can you do sketches for this short film that we're making? And like things just started to flood in and to affirm, yes, the visual is the direction that you are meant to go. And I'm telling you, like, I fought these things at a lot of turns. And it was just such a clear combination of who I am will always win out. Like, who we know we are, like, bubbles to the surface. There's only so much suffocating you can do. But also, I'm telling you, there was just divine influence throughout this. I definitely felt spiritual forces saying, nope, we're going to line it up this way. Nope, I have this plan for you. Nope. And like really corralling me towards where I was supposed to go. And that was very much a huge part of my college experience. So something you should know about me, and I also apologize if you can hear my cat eating in the background. Something you should know about me is that I have a strong intuition. That is one of my spiritual abilities. There are people with all kinds of spiritual abilities, people who see ghosts, people who are hyperprophetic, people who uh, can heal through touch. Like there is a wide variety of what people have. And so my strong intuition has sometimes been labeled as prophecy. And there is a degree of the prophetic that I can tap into, but I don't necessarily have the gift of looking or interacting with somebody and like knowing what's going on in their life. I do, I have had a number of moments in my life where I have spoken into someone's life in the way they exactly needed, but I attribute that more to being an Enneagram 4, so I'm very connected with the spectrum of emotions and also being a very spiritually intuitive person. So one of my gifts is I can walk into rooms and uh, know, I I, I can feel a lot of what's going on. Um, And it's not necessarily, like some people feel stuff and they're like, I'm feeling everybody else's emotions. That's not what happens with me, but I get hypersensitive to everything going on around me. And so sometimes I get bit exhausted by that. And, and I have worked on that a lot. Like part of that was me, uh, feeling very 
insecure about things and thinking that everything that everyone was doing had to do about me and that's why I was exhausted. And so I eventually moved out of that and no longer walk into rooms feeling that way. But there is a degree of just like picking up on people quickly when I enter rooms. Throughout my life, I have been a person that knows something knows something is off with somebody immediately and walks through that and knows why like I can see to somebody's insecurity very fast or like oh they're behaving that way because they really want attention they're behaving that way because they feel really insecure about this and I can see it 12 steps before the people around me and I have had friends confirm that they're like Rachel you always know the bullshit before we do And so that is something that I have in this spiritual ether. And as I've shared before, I've been in abusive scenarios. And let me tell you, I saw the shit. I saw it when I was in it. But there were, as I've shared before, there were enough, there were enough insecurities and vulnerabilities in me that I stayed. And none of that condones the behavior of the abuser. But I've already talked about some of that. So anyways, that's one of my gifts is to be really in tune with what's going on around me. My intuition is really strong and I'm so thankful for people in my life right now that trust it and affirm it. And when I'm like, "Mm, I feel weird about that, I have people who are like, no, Rachel, your intuition is usually right. Like I'm going to back that and like trust that, lean into it. And yes, I have absolutely had to learn about, you know, when things are showing up as intuition, but really it's just past trauma and anxiety. Like there is a learning curve. Don't get me wrong. Not every voice that comes up in me is an accurate one, but intuition is this like other feeling that comes through me. And it's, it's different than like a hyper clairvoyant person, but it is definitely something that I have learned to second guess less often because for a while I was really second guessing it. And then people like one of my roommates and some other close individuals in my life started to realize like, Rachel, when you second guess your intuition, like it hasn't been wrong. Like think when I've second guessed, sometimes shit goes down. I'm like, oh, I should have just trusted that. And so people around me were seeing those patterns and very much encouraging me to trust my gut with things. So that's some of my spiritual gifting, if you will. Um, Another thing that's always been a part of my existence is feeling and understanding the big shifts in like the, the world at large. And I don't mean that in a hyper specific way, but like as I've shared before, going into church I would know what direction the church was going to go spiritually before they did. Like if someone, like what was being preached that Sunday, I'm like, oh yeah, I already was working on that this past week. Like I was always kind of ahead, if that makes sense. And that was always a tricky thing because for a while I thought, wow, nobody can teach me anything because I always know what's going on. But I've learned a lot about that part of my ego and really being someone who learns and looks to others to learn from them. And that's been a huge freeing journey for me and where I'm at now. But that was, but that is part of my tuned in-ness to the ether, if you will. And one of the things that wasn't surprising to me is when the pandemic happened. I know that's going to sound kind of, maybe kind of cheesy. I don't know. I'm projecting other people's thoughts onto this. But when it started, when COVID started to become more of a thing and things started to shut down, yes, there were aspects of my anxiety that have been hyper affected through COVID, but I was expecting it. It wasn't something I was shocked by. I've never really had a moment throughout these few years of of COVID being a really big threat of feeling like, how could this be happening? It was something that I knew as a child that I would see big world things happen. And 
as a Christian, I thought that meant like huge revivals towards Jesus. Um, but I also just think there was this sense of big things are going to happen. Same with when civil rights protests and stuff started to happen again. I'm like, oh yeah, this I knew. I knew this would happen. I knew I would see this. And to be honest, I wasn't really clued in at the time about civil rights issues. I mean, when George Floyd was killed and protests started happening, that I started to learn so much that I was just in the dark in as a white human who wasn't seeking out knowledge about civil rights. So I I wasn't super clued in, but I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. I knew that this stuff would happen. I knew that I would see protests and things like that in my lifetime. And that was all, these weren't surprises to me. And so that's another aspect of like my spiritual tuned in-ness. And uh, I mean, knowing is one thing. Obviously we are also need to participate and take action and, you know, knowing about things and what's going to happen is not enough. So I'm not even saying any of that to be like, wow, look at me. But these are just realities of ways that I can sense things. In addition, I have had a number of people really affirm that there's authority in my teaching which is one of the reasons that I am sharing through a podcast because these are this is an outlet to use my voice and I know that for whatever reason and there are a lot of reasons there are a lot of explainable reasons there's also the spiritual element but I do know that my teaching comes with authority and that doesn't mean I get everything perfect that doesn't mean that I'm an expert on everything I talk about but I do know that when I teach, there is influence and there are people who are very impacted. And so it was time to create this podcast. So these are, these are ways that I am connected to the spiritual. In addition, I've always been someone who just kind of chats with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I would just kind of, there was a lot of just conversation in my head. And there were moments where I'd be driving along processing something and, and my thoughts would literally be interrupted by spiritual dialogue. And it would interrupt my thoughts to give me insight and breakthrough for things. And so I do really believe that there, these are spiritual influences. Are, these are spiritual ways of seeing the world. And I don't have to be ashamed of the fact that those are parts of me. I don't have to pretend like they're not. But also, is that the full picture? No. So I bring my gifts, my spiritual abilities to the table and other people bring theirs and we learn from each other. So um, that was a bit of a tangent about ways that I connect with the spiritual, but I did want to talk about it because it also helps you understand some of the ways that I see and interact with life. I also want to take this moment to say that even if your life doesn't look like mine, or things haven't worked out in the same ways, that doesn't mean that there aren't spiritual encounters in your life. The spiritual topic is very complex and comes with a lot of diversity. And the best I can do is tell you my experiences, but my experiences do not equal everybody's at large. And so I don't want you as a listener to feel like, but this thing isn't working out or I'm facing this hardship. Therefore, I am not experiencing spiritual intervention or I'm not quote unquote blessed as we've talked about that term. Like I don't want you to feel that way. I'm just sharing this as an open discussion of here are my experiences. I hope that encourages you to lean into yours and to validate yours. And I just think that the spiritual topic at large is very interesting And hearing people's experiences is very interesting. So I wanted to share some of mine. Another story, I guess it's a bunch of stories encapsulated together. But as I've shared before, I do surreal photography. This involves self-portraits, Photoshop, a bunch of different stuff. 
And it's been a huge outlet for me to get the things that are have already lived in my brain my whole life out and to process stuff for myself, to express. It's been an amazing outlet. And I've had shows and people have purchased my work. And through that, as I've shared before, I struggled a lot with feeling like, oh, it's not Christian enough or am I allowed to create this kind of eerie stuff? But I've always, you know, connected with the eerie and I've learned that that's a big part of being an Enneagram 4. So that's where I was at. And through uh, these shows that I've done, when I've had like gallery showings, I also hang written words with it, things that I've written to go along with the image. And I mean, I've had countless people message me, tell me in person like this, your work is resonating with me. Your work found me exactly where I was at. Like I read this and I started to weep or I looked at this image and I started to weep. And like what you wrote is a is putting things into words that I've always felt. Like I've had I've had people outside of even outside of surrealism just like screenshot things that I've written on Instagram and asked if they could bring it to their therapist because they were like you put what I've been feeling into words in a way that I have not been able to put into words. And that has just been so humbling and beautiful to be used like that as the spiritual channel for people to be empowered. Because I've always felt that way. I've always had this deep knowing that I am meant to be used as a as a bridge and as a safe haven to help people to come home to themselves and feel seen and feel comfy in the spectrum of emotions. And I used to think that that would happen through preaching and teaching. And turns out that myself knowing in the spiritual had a another idea. And it's been really cool and fascinating to move from thinking that, oh, it had to be, these, these things about me had to happen through a Christian lens. Like I thought at first when I was stepping away from Christianity, I'm like, but what about these dreams? What about these purposes? Turns out that those dreams and purposes just melded into another outlet. They didn't leave. They just look different now. And that was, that's been super cool and encouraging. But anyways, a very specific story regarding my surrealism, a friend of mine for a little while was working with individuals who had endured sexual abuse and sex trafficking. And my friend asked to take some of, if I had spare prints that she could take into the office and just have around on behalf of these individuals. And she told me that one of my pieces, one of the women picked up and looked at and just started crying and just said like this, this artist didn't even read anything I had to write that I I had written about the piece, but just started to cry and was like this individual, like God speaks through this artist. They need to know that. And it was just amazing. And I had also always wanted to have some part to play in helping those who have gone through sex trafficking, helping those who have been abused. And so having a friend work in that community or or help those heal who have come out of that community ask for my work and then seeing my work speaking to the hearts of those who have endured such trauma was also the fruition of another thing I had always longed for. And so it's just really, really cool when our spiritual channels, you know, say and do even more than what we know, you know, pouring myself into surrealism. Yes, there have been ways that people have received it as I intended, but then there are ways that art speaks that we can't know or understand. We are just channels for spiritual encounters. And those spiritual encounters can have endless flavors through the same image. And so that's just incredible. It's just, it's literally, it's, in, it's incredible. And I can't explain how much it means to me when people have those interactions with things that I have created or that I have channeled. 
So these are some examples of spiritual encounters. And I want to fast forward a bit to moving into the place that I'm in now. So that was its own pretty wild story. And I will try to condense it as much as I can. So I knew that I was getting ready to move out of my parents' house. I was done with college and I showed up to a swing dancing class in winter and I had to drive. I lived a half hour out of the city and so driving, especially in bad snow, was just annoying. I show up to class and I'm like talking to some of my friends about how within a year of graduation, I am going to be living in the city. And... There was a teacher that day that I had not interacted with yet, but she overheard me talking about that and came up to me and was like, hey, I own this house in the city. One of my tenants is probably going to be moving out soon. I can hold that spot for you if that's something you're interested in. We did not know each other, but she overheard me saying that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. And she remembers, we've talked about this since, she remembers looking at the list of of people that were going to be in the class and being like, oh, I know everybody else, but like, who's this Rachel chick? Little did we know. Um, So fast forward a few months, the space is available. And before that, I started to get to know her a little bit more because we started to play D&D with some other individuals at the house. And the first moment I stepped into this house, I mean, it's got so much incredible wood working inside it, which is something that speaks heavily to me. But I felt like it was this space of immediate like home and peace. The aesthetic was what I'd always wished to live in. It felt so safe and comfy. And it was just like, yep, I'm home. So fast forward to the space being available. We have a little... Um, time of me coming over so that me and my friend who owned the place could talk about what it would look like to live here. And like down to every single tiny detail, it was exactly what I had hoped for in a living space, like checking everything off the list. It was mind blowing how perfectly this was working out. And I had two things that I was like, oh, bummer. Like, these are the only things that I'm going to to miss. And one of them was there was a piano at my at my parents' place and I enjoy playing from time to time. And so I was like, ah, oh, this place doesn't have a piano. And I had also really missed living with cats. I at 10 years old, we had to put down my cat of 19 years who I had like a very, very particular special bond with. And so these were two things that had kind of been like, one of them had to do with the living situation. The other was just this hole in my heart of missing cats. So as I'm leaving, uh, my now roommate was like, oh yeah, so by the way, I'm going to be bringing in my grandma's piano sometime this year. So that will be an addition. And I'm like, what? And then second of all, she was like, oh, by the way, do you like cats? Because I'm going to be getting kittens in a couple of months. And I'm like what? This could not be more perfect. This place feels perfect. Everything about this living space is perfect. And now you just added these cherries on top. Like, yes, absolutely. Not to mention rent was exactly within the range that I needed. And so it was just this, like this fell into my lap just because I spoke out to some friends about how like I was going to need a living situation. And my friend is Like I've, her parents have agreed, like she's picky about who she's going to invite to live here. And she has said, she's like, I just got a vibe from you. Like I just knew that it would be okay. And now these kitties that live with us are hyper bonded to me and to her because, um, and there are, there are other people who live in the house as well. And, but like we are these cats people and it's just been so special to let them like grow up alongside me that I moved in before the cats were adopted. And I just can't tell you how much living here has been a gift to me, how freeing, how affirming my roommates here have been just unbelievable 
support systems for me. And the individual who owns the house has turned out to be one of my best friends, like truly feels like a sister to me. We have the same sense of humor in so many ways. We just connect on such a deep level. We just have bonded in all these ways we had no idea we were going to before I moved in. And it has just been unbelievably special. And she has been such a catalyst in me getting more comfortable with myself and processing and feeling safe. And like my first night sleeping in this house, I slept so well, just like instant safety. So that was just this huge divine thing that then happened through swing dancing. And so when I look at this, these spiritual influences all the way towards, you know, my dad made sure that I went to community college. Community college is where I was introduced to swing dancing. Swing dancing introduced me to this house that I live in to now one of my best friends who has enabled me to grow in ways that I've always longed to, in ways that has allowed me to feel safe in ways that I've always longed to feel safe. And through swing dancing, I met my partner that I'm with right now. And he is just... I cannot speak highly enough of him. And he and I were friends for four years. Uh, remember the exact moment that we met, what we were talking about, the, the stupid shit we were joking around about. And we both remember walking away from that conversation being like, oh shit, they're hilarious and really cute. <laughs> and four years later, here we are dating. There have just been so many things like that that have just piled one on top of the other to lead to the life I have now. And all of these things that I have now are things that I felt in my bones. Like I knew what kind of house I wanted to live in, what kind of partner I wanted to be with. There were these things that have just been like in my bones that have come to fruition. And as I've talked about before, my intuition and my kind of knowing of the direction things are going, I have found that there's this pattern in my life that I will have these Uh, knowings in my body of the direction my life is going to go eventually and it has continued to go there and sometimes it happens in flavorful ways that I'm not expecting but the end result is like oh yeah I knew this I knew this was going to happen so those are some of those stories I have a ton more that I could share I really think that the spiritual shows up in lots of little moments as well as lots of big moments in our lives. I think that things weave together in really unique ways. And I'm excited to share more of these things with you as time goes on. Um, I'll, I'll share one more really quick one. I Actually, I'll, I'll share two. So I worked at Starbucks for a little while. And through that, I had a couple really interesting encounters. One of them was I was cleaning... I was out on the floor cleaning some stuff and this random guy came up to me and I hadn't seen him there before and I haven't seen him since. And part of me has always wondered if he was an angel or some spiritual entity. I can't know. He could have also just been a random person who had something to say to me. But um, one of the things that happened is he comes up to me all of a sudden and he reads my name tag and he's like, Rachel, like you know what your name means, right? And I'm like, yeah, it means you... Uh, E-W-E, a female sheep or lamb. And I'm like, I've always felt a really deep experience and like a really deep kinship with my name for various reasons. And he was like, yes, it does mean that. But like, it also means like a, a, a mothering leader. Like you are going to mother people. You are going to, you are going to be a, a an influential leader. He said something along those lines. And I was like, yeah, I have felt that in my life. Like, thank you for saying that. And and it was this really interesting, quick interaction of him being like, you are power. Like, you are a powerful person and I need to remind you of that. And it was just a really random, beautiful, hyper-spiritual moment where I was like, thank you for reminding me of that. And like, there have been so many moments like that over my life where I'm chugging along and there's just been boom, 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 people coming in to just have say these nuggets to continue to spur me and encourage me and remind me that like your path is still power, whether it's happening slowly, whether it's happening quickly, like 
you are on the right path. And I have just had so many of those moments. Another random moment is um, I I found this book in my locker at work and I was like, where did this book come from? And it was this like spiritual guide to like being silent and tapping into God through the silence. And I was like, where did this come from? And my manager at the time was like, oh yeah, I saw that back here. And I was like, I assumed it was yours because you're the Christian in the group or one of the Christians of the group. And I was like, no, it's not mine. But this book is exactly what I've been waiting for. I had been longing to tap into like, to have a more daily routine to help me get more connected with the spiritual and specifically tap into like lowering the internal noise and the external noise. And it just this book to a T perfectly fit what I had been feeling I needed in my life. And it shows up in my locker one day, turns out, so people would come and bring books for this donate for donations. And my manager had brought all of the books over to the donation spot and she was like I could have sworn that I picked up this book too but when she came back that book was still sitting there so she assumed it must have been mine and that I truly think that there was some divine hand that either placed the book back on um, her desk or she forgot it for some divine reason but I truly think that there was some like it was placed back there divinely and that ended up being a huge um outlet that book ended up really steering me towards some really beautiful spiritual connections and it was a really simple empowering book oh and okay here's my truly my last story for today when I was a kid I lost my favorite beanie baby I ended up losing it twice the second time was in DC and I never got it back um But, and my sister had the identical one and gifted it to me because she knew how much it meant to me. It was really sweet. Anyways, there was this one time I lost it in my house. And I remember taking laps around the house and just being like, where is this beanie baby? And I was getting really frustrated and sad. And I just kept praying that it would show up. Like, God, please have it show up. Please have it show up. And I take another lap around the house and it's just sitting in the doorway of one of our, of our downstairs bathroom. It's just there. I, and I would have seen it. I was like, I know I have taken this lap before. I know I've passed by here and it was just sitting there. And I swear to God that some angel or the spirit or whatever placed it there. I had lost it somewhere and I was getting frustrated and God was like, there you go. I helped you find it. Wild. So, so many moments like that. And you know, if any of you all have really interesting spiritual experiences, like please email me through my website or uh, message me. Like I would love to hear some of your spiritual experiences throughout life because I find this stuff fascinating and I'm sure there's lots I could learn from you as well. There will be more episodes about spiritual encounters and spiritual intervention because I have things to say about physical healing that I have experienced and other human interactions and I just have a lot more stories that will definitely come up eventually and I do want to add that our spiritual power remains even when we rest so I have definitely since becoming since exiting a Christian title I have been taking more of a backseat to spirituality and interacting with the divine And yet that channel has remained open and has continued to work in ways that I wasn't anticipating. And I think I've mentioned this in other episodes, but for example, doing photography, like there have been, when I started doing monochromatic portraits, I just had so many, and I still have people responding to the imagery and the experience as these huge emotional breakthroughs and feeling really safe with me. And it wasn't even my intention to make those a spiritual or or particularly empowering outlet. It was more just like, this is a creative outlet that I want. I'm going to see if people are interested. And it turns out that that channel continues to move through me even when I'm choosing to rest from hyper-spirituality. So that's another really cool and encouraging thing is that when we have channels, they, yes, we we 
continue to need to work on ourselves to, um, you know, grow and not block those channels and whatever. Life is complex. But at the same time, when we choose to rest, these things still do have a way of flowing through us. And that is just really cool and healing. And I want to clarify really quickly that when I mentioned earlier in the podcast about not being able to reroute my path even if I wanted to, I'm talking about that deep internal knowing of self, of the spiritual purposes that back self. I don't mean that we are stuck in our circumstances no matter what. I I don't want to feed into that harmful thinking of there's nothing you can do. This is just the way life is. I more so meant that like there's these themes of what I desire and what I know is going to happen in my life that the spiritual kept pushing me towards. And life is very mysterious. And I want to continue to reiterate the fact that we it's different for everybody. We live in a broken world. There are a lot of things that come into play when it comes to our experiences. And so I am just sharing mine and what life has looked like for me. But I don't want you to take everything that I say as, oh, my life needs to look like that. No, it's really just an invitation to look at your own life and think about what spiritual encounters or um, proficiencies you may or may not have. Also, if you're somebody who doesn't really have much spiritual sense, that is also incredibly valid. And individuals like that have been some of the closest people in my life and provide a lot of balance for those who tend to be very um, spiritually sensitive. And so I also want to affirm that and just remind you that like, you are also really valid and special and I can learn so much from you as well. So thanks again to everybody who tuned in today. I really appreciate all of you who are listening and I, again, would love to hear some of your stories. So feel free to go to my website and email me some of the spiritual encounters you've had or you can message me through Instagram and I would love to read some of those. So much love and thank you again for listening.